Street Epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about Street Epistemology at streetepistemology.com. everybody. I'm Mark from the Being Reasonable YouTube channel and podcast, and I really appreciate you joining us. And uh, I'm really excited about today's SE review, and we have an, you know, an all-star cast uh, rev reviewing... Um, oh, boy. I'm Something hearing happened? myself. Oh, an echo. Okay. I can talk right, a little bit. All right, I got oh. it. All right. And so I'm really excited about... Uh, about uh, Anthony and Quaid and Reed uh, coming on and, and reviewing two of my conversations. And just to give you a little bit of background, uh, I live in a, a small town called Hillsborough, North Carolina. And it's a, it's a wonderful town. I love this town. It really is my favorite place I've ever lived. And, and, it's, and it's a bit unusual in the sense that Hillsborough has really uh, a wide range of political people on the political spectrum living in a really condensed area. And I think that's more unusual in these days where people are, seem to be self-segregating a bit. And here, um, it's not like that. And so when there's ever, whenever ever there's a political issue, you have both sides or a lot of sides coming out you know, to the public square at the same time and they be, be neighbors. And so it's kind of a, a interesting place to live. And, and actually, I kind of like that because you get to see all sorts of views and and uh, get, you get to be challenged and it's kind of neat. Uh, so uh, recently, uh, we, our school system uh, proposed uh, having a vaccine mandate for uh, students who uh, wanted to either practice sports or extracurricular activities after school. And this was a proposal and it was sent, it was uh, sent uh, shot down, but this was a proposal they, they put up in the school board meeting. And, uh, this really brought out a lot of protesters, uh, to our, our, uh, public square, so to speak. And, you know, and I interviewed uh, several people from, uh, from the pro protest, uh, group, and I found it really interesting and not everybody was there for the same reason. And I think we've discussed before that you can you know, go to a, you see a protest or see people who have the same beliefs, but when you dig down in it, you know, people can have similar beliefs, but for far very different reasons. And that's what I really did. You know, I found that uh, often when I talk to people. And I do want to say that when the, the people, the protesters that are there, um, they, you know, regardless of what, where you stand on vaccines, they were very committed to wanting to do what was best for their children. And I know people can disagree whether you that think that that is best for the children or not best for children, but there, it was difficult to disagree is people's heart is in the right place. And they really wanted to do, they saw a, a grave harm happening to their children or the potential of a grave harm, and they wanted to correct that. They wanted to protect their children. And so that's, I think, where most people were coming from. And I think we can all understand that point of view. And I think before we get into that, you know, watching the two conversations, and, and I'll post other conversations as as time uh, goes on, uh, I, I want to go around the horn and, and I want to uh, have everyone uh, introduce themselves. And uh, I'm really glad uh, you guys are here today. 
and um, I always like talking to you, and it's uh, really one of my favorite things I get to do, really, truly. And uh, after we go around and have you guys introduce yourselves, I think Anthony at that point is going to uh, introduce a tip sheet, and uh, I won't go too much more into that, but I'll let him talk about that in a bit. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, clockwise for me is Anthony. Oh, okay. Well, uh, my name's Anthony. Uh, I've been, uh, you guys are friends. So it's like kind of weird to introduce myself because I feel like I'm telling you, you know, who I am to my friends, but in case you know, a random person on the YouTube algorithm. Finds right. Yeah. So I've been doing street epistemology, which is, is, is what Mark is doing on his channel. So I've been doing that for seven or eight years now. And, and most of my discussions usually focus on supernatural stuff, religion, karma, ghosts. It delves a little bit into politics, but not as much as I really wanted it to. Even though I tried to sort of ask people to surface those claims, it usually almost always goes to religion. Maybe that's because I'm in Texas. I'm not sure. But it's cool to, to showcase the versatility of the street epistemology tool so that it could be used to explore where people stand on medicine and the virus that's out there. And uh, I also wanted to add that, and I do want to get to the chip sheet too, maybe after we complete the horn, but, or do you want me to do it now? I don't know. Do you have a preference? Okay. <clears throat> I, I hope people realize that the, the street epistemology tool set can be used regardless of where you stand on any claim. So while we may all sort of align in one area on the vaccine, for example, I hope you stick with this video because you can use the same tools that we're going to show you regardless of where you stand on this vaccine. You can use the same set of questioning approach for people who think that the vaccine is the best thing ever or the opposite. So I, I want to make sure that we get that across. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to be here. And this may be the first of a, of a multi-part series where maybe I will slip into the tip sheet if that's okay. I might as well talk about it. But I, I made a tweet yesterday sharing a common thing somebody will say. Like, for example, uh, this medicine was created too fast. And then a couple of responses, a typical response a decent response, and then a response that might be more in keeping with street epistemology. And then I took a little screenshot of that and I put it on Twitter and Facebook and it got shared way more than my regular posts usually do. So that tells me that there's interest and maybe even a hunger for these types of guidances because I think people are getting frustrated. They don't know how to respond or they're they're maybe getting so frustrated that they're not even responding. Maybe we're not even talking about this as much as we could be. So that's why I, I'm, I'm excited to be here to talk about this stuff because we have to explore this. This is a really big deal facing our culture, facing the world, I think. And um, I eventually want to get, we probably won't do this on this show because we're going to be watching some of, of Mark's videos, but in a subsequent episode, we'll probably go through and build out this list. We'll get six people who are familiar with SE and talk about the type of claims and beliefs that we're hearing. And then we can explore some of the responses that you might want to consider when you're interacting with people on this. So glad to be here. How about you, Reed? Yeah. Thanks again, Mark, for doing this. This is, this is great. And I'm loving your, your videos going out there. And it's nice to see 
the 360 camera getting some use. I'm loving that, even though it takes so much hard drive space. To yeah, that's right. That freaking thing, gosh. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. And uh, yeah, I'm Reed from Cordial Curiosity, and uh, yeah, glad to be here. Uh, and I'm Quaid, and uh, my program is called What's Your Argument? And I just want to know what people's arguments are, and then I ask questions about it. And that's pretty much the gist. I'm also an English instructor, so I like teaching some of the things that we talk about. Um, and I'm mostly interested in um, academic and scientific topics. So this is kind of right up my alley. Awesome. I'm glad you're here. That's great. Well, let's, uh, let's, Anthony, let's... want to talk about this comment real quick. Oh yeah. So I noticed this comment from Tim Davis. He, he says, so I was banned from calling or talking to my grandmother by her primary caregiver because I dared to ask who told her the vaccine was poison. So I'm very interested in this conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to hear that. Wow. It's probably more common yeah. than we think. Um, yeah. I've, I've been contacted by a few people frustrated. They don't know how to talk to the people that they love about these things or they've attempted it and it's just blown up in their face and now they're scared to bring it up again. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that really surprised me when I had some of these conversations at the protest is that I think I, maybe it's just naive. And I thought I walk in expecting people to, you know, say that they were, didn't weren't that confident in the vaccine or, or it's been too soon. And I definitely talked to plenty of people like that, but then to hear, to talk to people who had, like polar opposite of what a vaccine is supposed to do, like poison and it'll kill you. I mean, that was, that was uh, shocking actually. So um, hopefully uh, I think this is a truly, these conversations are truly timely and uh, we live in such a polarized world. And this is really one of the most polarized topics I think they're out there right now. So I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah me too. Cool. So you've got one 13 minute video and another like six minute video. And um, yeah, let's just get into it. Feel free to just start talking and I'll pause. Okay. Free people who want to breathe freely and have autonomy, bodily autonomy. The primary reason why you have the belief, what would that be? My primary reason for being here to support not mandating the vaccine for the teenagers in athletics, basically. I mean, that's really where it's it's around for me right now because my son's in the football program in high school. Yeah. He loves football. Yeah. If they mandate this, he's already decided for himself he's not doing it, and I'm in full support of that. Yeah. And he'll have to quit football in his high school year, his senior year. So they mandate the belief, I, don't, I mean, so I mandate the vaccine yeah. that your, your son will not take it. We will now not have one of his favorite sports, his favorite extracurricular activity in his senior year of high school, which yeah. I think they're actually robbing that from these kids if they don't, if they want a choice or if their parents want a choice. And so is that, that's your belief too? Because I know we're talking about your son's belief. Yes. I have not gotten the vaccine. Neither has my husband. We, um, we believe that it's just too early as far as that goes. So if um, I, if I was to encapsulate a belief that we could discuss, is that you're not for the vaccine for the Delta variant or for COVID in general, because it's just too new a vaccine. I'm not for it being mandated because it's too new, right? Not, are, not for have, being mandated because it's yes, too new. I have friends and family who have it, um, and I'm all in support of them having it. Yeah. 
um, let's say on a scale from one to seven, mm -hmm. how confident are you that this belief that you have is true? Seven, because I mean, obviously it's my belief, so of course, but. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I like to restate the claim as specifically as possible when asking for confidence rather than saying the belief, just to connect the claim right there in our mind, exactly what we're talking about. Because she may have surfaced 10 claims in that little three-minute soliloquy. That's oh, a great idea, because sometimes I get myself in the trouble just with that specific. Yeah, because right then and there, she may be thinking, well, I'm thinking about this claim, and you're thinking about and you can completely be talking past each other right from the very start. Yeah. I was also wondering if what she would say if she, if her son wanted to take the vaccine, would she be for it? I'm getting the sense that she probably would say, yeah, that's his responsibility. He's old enough. Maybe I'm, she might say I would tell him not to, but ultimately it's his choice. I'd be curious to see what she thought about him making his own choice about it. She think he's old enough to make that choice? Senior in high school. Yeah, I get that sense as well. And that he would elect not to play football if he had to take the vaccine. I guess that's what they're saying. Yeah, I might also ask, like, would she do anything to support her son? Like, are there any limitations that she has? Because that was one of the reasons that she gave originally. So I am curious if there are any limitations to where she will stop supporting her son. Uh, nice yeah. 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 All right, let's keep going. But I, I just believe all of the other vaccines that we've had mandated in this country have been researched and had many, many years of being available to people before it was mandated. So I was about to ask you that. What's the primary reason why you believe that this vaccine shouldn't be mandated for teenagers and Mostly sports? because there hasn't been enough uh, time for, for, it's not FDA approved. There hasn't been enough time for you know, the long-term effects on young people, first and foremost. And we're talking about time. What, what are we? What are, what are you looking for to see? Like, what is it that you want to see, like in studies and in that? Good question. Seen yet. What is it that you're looking? Can we pause for? it? Make yeah. Okay, I caught this the first time I watched it. What would you like to see in studies? Did she mention studies prior to this, uh, or did you interject that? I hope not. Uh, she mentioned a lack of them. Lack, lack of, of studies. Them. Okay. Okay. Good. Because we don't want to inject something that she hasn't raised when we're doing SE. Okay. Is it possible to turn up turn up the the video part or I, I was wondering it was a little low for me it's a little low for me uh, too okay yeah. I don't think so uh, um, I have no I don't have that option yeah I'm just recording it off my iPhone yeah, are you are you boosting it in post the audio compression yeah, yeah. compression yeah. Oh, yeah I was wondering about the equipment do you, your camera is on a tripod between you or something and then you're holding on a microphone is that what's going yeah, on yeah it's the beauty of the of the GoPro Max is that just sticking on a on a tripod between us and it records both sides you know both sides of the, of the actually it records 360, 360. Yeah. and then you frame it and then uh, afterwards and it's just the coolest thing and then but I'm recording the audio I have just like a a like a little microphone coming from my iPhone but I'll I think I can come up with something better yeah. next time. Did you compare the audio from the GoPro to your little lav microphone thing? <laughs> yeah, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it seems like you need to do that. I mean, you could put your lav on your uh, shirt and just leave the GoPro audio for her. Maybe. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, I didn't do that. 
Um, but uh, next time. Next next time. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so sorry. Uh, just turn up the volume later. Hopefully we can fix that. Do you feel more so, comfortable taking First, uh, the effectiveness that you can't share. It. I mean, I would think the school wants this vaccine because they don't want the kids giving COVID to each other. But it's already being shown that people that are vaccinated are giving it to each other. So if that's, if that's what they're trying to stop, the vaccine isn't the way to do it. Okay. So I'm just trying to understand the primary reason why you believe the belief. Mm -hmm. And if I were to ask, what is the primary reason why you believe that the vaccine shouldn't be mandated? Uh, oh, okay. So yeah. it's too new. There's too not new. enough data. What I'm saying when I say that is its effectiveness against preventing getting it or preventing harsh symptoms from it um, and side effects, long-term effects. So it's too new. It doesn't work, you're saying, and there's, or it doesn't work like they say. Mostly long-term effects inside, for and the young people. Side right? effects for the vaccine right. for the wrong people. Whether it's uh, heart problems, fertility issues, um, other issues that are happening because it's a different type of yeah. vaccine than all the others. Now, in the same breath, we've gotten the flu vaccine as far back as I can remember because I have a child who has right. asthma. Um, all my kids were up to date on their vaccinations for school. I'm not yeah. against vaccinations. In so the main reason why you believe the belief then is that it's happening, the, the testing that they're doing it's, are you saying that they haven't done all the testing they need to do or it's being done in a compressed amount of time? They haven't had enough time to get the, the, the right data yeah. right, to, to show whether or not it's going to have long-term effects, if I it's going to work. And on top of all of that, uh, what are we at, 98.5% uh, survivability, especially when it comes to kids with even If they were, I'm just hypothetically speaking, yeah. I'm not saying this is the case, but if they were, the FDA, let's say, were able to do a lot of amount of, a lot of testing in a short amount of time and and they were able to to do the kind of testing that you, and you would look at that testing and you say yeah that's sufficient yeah, like, for what so i think you, they should do like in a year from now if if they had more information then yeah if, they, if like if you were even hypothetically next week if they were able to just right. magically do all the testing they need to do as they do for other vaccines yeah. would you reduce your confidence in your belief at that point yeah like how you said magically there because it would like to. Take, it would take that kind of thing, to, I would assume, to get that long-term effects data, if that's what she's primarily care, caring about. Yeah. Maybe, like, say, a, a person from the future arrives in a time machine and gives us the data from them from the future. <laughs> That'd be funny. But this is also a good question too. I think that I think you're on a, a good line of questioning right here. Yeah, I thought the line of questioning was excellent, and her objections seem reasonable. Mm -hmm. um, the word magically, though, I was thinking that maybe it was almost like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I, I, maybe, I, I don't know. Is there a better way to say, like, they bent over backwards to test it in a quicker amount of time, but to the same standard? Magically almost seems like um, it's pie in the sky, never going to happen, almost. Yeah. I, right. I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's up to interpretation. Yeah, I think I was trying to give her permission to, you know. Wonder? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. line of questioning is, it's trying to do this, right? Check if it's a real reason, that type of question. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's hard. Though. Yeah, so if you have the standard, and it normally takes a year to, to achieve the standard of testing that you're comfortable with, 
Um, and if that was able to be done in a in three weeks as opposed to a year, right? Would you would you accept it? I think that's a really fair question because it seems like that might be what's happened. Right. Um, I, I honestly don't know. I, I wonder if it's been adequately tested, to be quite honest. Has it been adequately tested to the same standard as all the other flu vaccines? I honestly wonder about that. I don't think that it has. It's gone through, when people say FDA approval, there are different types of FDA approval. So they, they did do some approval. They just didn't do what they regularly do, which is full, what a lot of... Full yeah. approval or something? Yeah, yeah. full approval. Yeah, they, they, this is a an emergency approval. So they did do studies and yeah. it is sufficient to a degree, uh, but it's not what is regularly done as far as I understand. Yeah, yeah. but maybe, maybe we so could like ask if we could grade this approval process, regular vaccines get an A or an A plus. Is this like a B, a B plus or a Good F? one. Good one. Yeah, yeah where does this compare specifically to that, to your standard? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What would you, what would you need to see to move from a D to a B? Right. Mm. And then uh, earlier today, Anthony, we're, uh, either you posted or someone posted on your Twitter, about comparing it to the flu vaccine and how, you know, flu vaccine, I guess you could say a flu vaccine is tested for a year because every year is a new flu vaccine. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but uh, it's another way to look at it and to say, you know, look at that as a flu vaccine as a comparison. Right. Like, it would be interesting to say, like, um, let's say that it could be demonstrated that this has been tested for nine months and in, it's going to be tested for three more months. Now it's a year. Are you more likely to take the vaccine when it hits that one year mark or would you still provide some resistance and not want to take it i'd be really curious that's sort of like eliminating if testing is even really a thing maybe you're maybe you get into it here and push and also on. what about the one year mark like what is unique yeah. about the one year mark that makes that the number that we need to yeah ahead? and i found that Actually, the most fascinating about thing about this conversation and actually several of the other conversations that I haven't posted yet is that it was time. And sometimes when you really dug into it, it was still time. I mean, it wasn't, it was just the length of time and not mm -hmm. what can be conducted in the time. And it was, I found that, I just found that very interesting. Yeah, if she's, and if she's worrying about heart issues or fertility we could track two separate populations of like 18 year olds starting this year. If we go to like two or three years ahead of the time, track how many heart attack, heart attacks from the groups who got the vaccine and not, and didn't get the vaccine and how many pregnancies maybe unwanted or not at that age, uh, that happened at that age versus the vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. That's well, you'd also, yeah, I think you should also, uh study the people who get COVID versus not and are and aren't because um, mm -hmm. COVID can also cause like cardiac issues. There are instances of it causing issues with heart. So absolutely. Yeah, so then we have like a, a trade off of, uh, you know, a cost benefit ratio, even if it, if you're worried about heart problems, maybe you should still get the vaccine rather than risking getting COVID. Yeah. 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 And those are the, those are the questions <clears throat> I'm interested in specifically. <clears throat> yeah. What's the cost of benefit? And I think that I think that's a great point, Quaid, is that um, when I talk to a lot of people, I mean, and I'm sure you guys have had these kind of conversations, too, is that there was 
a cost benefit ratio going through their minds and you know how i would weigh the cost benefit ratio of getting the vaccine versus not getting the vaccine it was very askew from you know the people i was talking with and i'm you know I'm trying to it's really trying to fascinating trying to figure out that epistemology like how are they forming such a different cost benefit ratio than me and because the same information seems to be available and and that was uh i don't know i thought that was interesting yeah, I mean, we'll keep moving on. No, because I think there has to be a minimum amount of time for the vaccine to be released to the public before. So it's time. Yes, it's time. And, and I'm not talking 10 years, 30 years, like some of the other vaccines have taken us. What is it specifically about time? And this helps mm -hmm. me. What is it specifically about time that, that would this help helps you become me. more confident yeah. that the vaccine is... So, okay, I have, like I said, several neighbors and friends yeah. who have the vaccine, have gotten the vaccine. Yeah. So regardless of what I can find on the CDC's website or what I can find on Google, um, through my own personal experience, I can make a decision whether or not I think it's safe in the long run, whether it's worth yeah. the chances of some of the nightmare stories we've heard about the vaccine, which I don't believe happens okay. to everyone. So I, I'm hearing two reasons for the belief right now. I just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Yep. One is there's not enough time. Mm -hmm. And I was asking about what is it specifically about time that, what it, was it giving you that you'd like to see? But also it seems like you haven't had enough maybe personal experience with the vaccine. I'm, I'm letting my personal experience help my decision. Yeah. And I haven't had any bad she said, I'm letting my personal experience help my decision in case that's hard to hear. Thanks oh, for repeating. So that's actually helping the number from seven come down to, you know, to yeah. a lower number. At the yeah. longer my friends and family have had the vaccine, have not gotten COVID, they're they're not in the hospital, they don't have some third arm growing, you know. Right, right. As long as that the longer that happens, the more confident I am in the vaccine. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. In that situation, what would what kind of information would you trust more looking at your friends and family and seeing how they respond to the vaccine or seeing scientific data? I don't trust anything on the internet or the data anymore. So no scientific information then you're saying? If there's no, now if there's a study done and the numbers are released, it's a public yeah. information where I knew all of this, because I know you know very well you can take numbers and change them to be what you want them to be percentages you want them to be you know I've learned that through the years of my career so i know that just seeing percentages isn't isn't enough so are you saying that in this case you are your trust level goes to personal experience of people you know who have taken who've taken the vaccine or not taken the vaccine and scientific studies that are open and in public science of, of those two kinds of information of knowing things you know what would be more important do you think that's a good question i don't know if i can answer that yeah. um because like right like i said right now if i went with co-workers and friends and, and neighbors yeah there's no issue with the vaccine right so that's you haven't had direct experience about a ne negative correct uh response to the vaccine but it's something about the data that you're not liking. Yes. So I, it might even be the data that I don't trust as much as I trust. And when we say the data. 
Let me get back one more second. Yeah, she says it again. She repeats it. Might even be the data that I don't trust as much as I trust. And when we say that, it might not even be the data that I don't trust as much as I trust my I trust more personal experience. So it's yeah, that's, that's the epistemology. Yeah, it's but my whole personal experience was good. That that's that's what's interesting is that uh, yeah. This would be a good question. How would you act any differently if your neighbors were starting to show signs of being sick from the vaccine? Yeah, that is a good question. If they were, you mean, would she be more intense in her, her belief, you mean? Or? I don't know. Like, would you be out? It seems like she's looking around her surroundings and then making a determination of how safe the vaccine is. And she's doing that and nobody's showing any ill signs, right. which honestly is probably not the wisest thing to do. I mean, you should probably look at broader sample sizes, but I definitely understand the, the sentiment and how she's thinking about it. But the question yeah. is, like, go ahead. Well, the question is, you're not seeing anything problematic, right. yet you think that there is something problematic about it. Yeah. So your, your personal anecdote personal anecdotal experience is positive or supportive of it being safe. And the, the larger studies seem to be supportive of it being safe, yet you still don't want to take it. So they, they almost seem to be on equal footing um, as far as the results. So why is she, why is she dismissing the, the broader studies and just going with her anecdotal data and not letting it influence her in the positive is that confusing no 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 i mean it's be. i don't think it's confusing i'm wondering how she would take it that's the issue that i'm having is like um take it yeah take like first, how she would take the implications of the question like so for instance something that i would want to ask but i would be worried about how she would take it was one of the things that uh pierce watkins has has put uh, in the chat, which is her personal experience contradicts her conclusion. She's saying she's not seeing right. negative things. Right. You know, so, you know, but how do you ask that without saying like you're contradicting or without the implication that she's contradicting <laughs> herself? Cause that was probably well, not going to get a positive reaction you, from her. How do you do it? You put it on yourself. What I think I'm hearing is that you are not seeing any ill effects of the vaccine in your current circle of friends and neighbors and so forth, yet you're still seemingly unwilling to take the vaccine. I'm, I'm a little curious why. If that's your barometer, why aren't, why is it not propelling you to take the vaccine? Yeah. Don V has a good comment. I think maybe it's, she's not, she's deciding not to settle the answer that she's putting it off. That she's not making a decision, and by not making she, by not making decisions, she's not doing anything. Yeah, she might be saying she wants to do a test that she can verify personally. She's just going to wait and see, and look around her, and you know, watch her vaccinated neighbors and whoever she knows, and what happens to them because she can see it with her own eyes, the potential effects in the, for the next year and like if everyone who got vaccinated that she knows personally she can still talk to and get 
personal uh, anecdotal evidence from them, maybe that's what she's wanting is the anecdotal evidence of people she trusts in a year. That's the most thing she's worried about. Uh, something else too, that I think is important to keep in mind that um, hasn't been brought up yet is that or ultimately this is all about the mandate too. So it's about the mandate on high schoolers. And I think that they're, yeah. Um, I don't know if it comes back to that, but um, I feel like even if we resolve some of these issues, it's going to come back to, okay, even given all that, should it be mandated? Um, and then how bad, again, I think we're to the cost risk analysis of thing, like how bad would it have to be, would the virus have to be before you would be okay with a mandate? And then also how effective would the vaccine have to be that you would be okay with it? Because she said she had mentioned that one of her issues was that some people still got it or some people still, some people still got COVID and some people still got sick from it. So it's not fully effective. So, you know, how effective would she expect it to be in comparison to other uh, vaccines? Because none of them are really perfect, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Finish this up. The data, what we mean is that there's just, not have been enough time. Uh, information on the news, information in articles, information in social media, it's all over the place. And I know um, that brings up the whole um, misinformation that is, is being labeled. That's a, I mean, that's a great question. And yeah. how do we, how do we get through that? What do, how do we decide what's misinformation and what needs to be more accurate information? What do we, how do you decide? It'll, it'll have to be from a time where what's being said as, as misinformation is proven completely wrong. Not that there's a little bit of data this way and a little bit of data that way. There's, it needs to be a large percentage in, in one way or another. So if there's some information that you're believing and if it's proven com completely wrong, then you would change your view on it. Yeah. So is it is this making me think about like things like, okay, say there's 100 people get the vaccine and yeah. 10 have serious side effects. Uh, right. And a hundred people get COVID, but only two people have that. But with like, that also comes into play, right? How serious um, right. the the effect is percentage-wise on those two sets. Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. And when it says, like, we're thinking about the information and like, that information, whatever that information we're relying on, would need to be proven completely wrong. It seems like a to me, in my mind, when I hear that, it seems like a pretty high hurdle. <laughs> Proven completely wrong. I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of okay, in my so life what's been proven, proven completely, completely wrong, wrong with me. Like, okay, so um, even with the flu vaccine, yeah, there are a few people that had negative side effects. Right. There are kids that they say had certain um, conditions after they got the vaccine. Right. It was minimal enough. Yeah to not think that's going to be a common occurrence. Right. So I'm not saying proven that it never happens. Right. I'm saying um, percentage-wise, it has to be like like that vaccine, like the flu vaccine, where majority of people just get a sore arm for a day or two, and then they don't get the flu. And if, if the FDA was able to do that to your satisfaction and in a short amount of, shorter amount of time than usual, would you reduce your confidence level in the belief, and would you then think that maybe some level of yeah, if, mandate would be acceptable? Uh, I'm not going to put out a, a complete no on this vaccine forever. 
I just am right now. Yeah. Like between the time, between the, num the information I see on both sides, and between um, feeling forced. It feels yeah. uh, way too much pressure. And then you start thinking about all the money somebody's making for these vaccines. And, right. You know, okay, we work through everybody in their 50s that'll get it. Now we got to head to those teenagers. It's like, hold on. Now, if I, if I were to re-ask you the same question, the primary reason why you believe the belief, would you give me the same response at the time, or would you give me a different response? Yeah, it would be the same thing, time and experience with, with the actual vaccine. I'm open to it. Open yeah. And if they were magically able to compress that amount of time in a shorter amount of time, you reduce your confidence, maybe. In the... I don't know how they could do that. Because, Just hypothetical. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know how you can take, you know, a six-month trial or a one-year trial and turn it into a three-month trial. I don't know. Well, right, and so that... I think that's a great point. And someone actually put, gave me a great analogy about yeah. that. Is that let's say it takes a certain amount of time to write a book, right? right? And let's say, no matter how hard you try, it typically takes one person a certain amount of time to write that book. And what if we had a thousand people writing that book or a million people writing that book and we could write that book overnight instead of a year. And if that book was written well to your satisfaction, would you understand for your for yourself that that would be yes. an okay way to do something? Or? Yeah. 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 Cool. Again, it's Let's yeah. talk about the book metaphor. It's I, not a perfect analogy. It's, it's not perfect, <laughs> yeah. but how can we improve it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, were you, no. what, were you, what were you trying to do there? Maybe we'll start with that, and then maybe we could talk about how to improve it. Right. So um, I'm wondering if she's – I was trying to – she's talking about time, and, and I'm trying, really trying to understand what is it about time? What, what, what you know, We can do things faster or slower – I mean, and I guess the only thing that time would give you by definition, because this is time, is long-term effects, because you can't assess long-term effects in a short time. And I think so that's where the analogy breaks down. And maybe we need a better analogy to incorporate that. Well, there are different animals that we can test it on that have shorter lifespans, maybe, and then you can extrapolate. But I don't, I don't know if she would be open to that or see it as a comparable test. To yeah, humans. I think a, a way to look at it would, I'm thinking of something with like food, like you can have like a new type of food that's been created, but it it is based on components of other types of food that we've eaten before and we know are okay. And that mm -hmm. goes into the mRNA vaccine having been or not the vaccine, but mRNA the um, therapies having been studied for a while, even though the vaccine itself is new. So in terms of the, the length of time that the, the vaccine's been studied, it may be shorter, but in terms of other components of that thing, they've been studied for much longer. I don't know how you would turn that into a specific question or analogy yet, though, but... Maybe I'm thinking kind of like a pesticide for like a tree, a tree that gets like, you know, really big when it's fully grown. But like when you test the pesticide on like the twig size tree, it seems to go fine for the twig size, but will it, would it affect for some reason the big tree? Would the big tree have negative long-term effects from that pesticide? There's gotta be other better analogies though. 
someone on my YouTube, uh, and I don't know if I quite understood, they were talking about asbestos inhalation. Okay, we could pull it up and scroll down on the video. Oh, in the comments, right? It's in the comments of this it's video. In the comments, yeah. I'm out yeah. of that page, so. Um, oh, oh, sorry. You were sharing. I didn't realize. No, no, it's that in you YouTube. Were... Someone, someone shared it on my YouTube. I'm just, yeah. personally, I'm not on that page. Yeah, there it is. This. Oh yeah, right there it is. Come here. Where is it? Right there, where okay. it's highlighted. Okay, I want to yeah. narrate that. Uh, read it. I yeah, yeah, I can't read it. It's kind of small. I'll, I'll do it. Your, so your SE skills have stepped up a notch, Mark. This is a really good talk. Something I would have liked to have clarified is around your written book analogy. It seems like the closer metaphor is asbestor inhalation and developing subsequent cancer. Yeah, it seems like she's saying there's no way to speed up a particular test time-wise because certain things require a certain amount of incubation period before seeing effects. Yeah. Yeah, certain, certain effects require incubation over long periods for the effect to happen right so is this an analogous situation it might be difficult to find a perfect analogy because of the, the nature of the situation that right. when it comes to medicine you probably do want to have really long-term studies for optimal confidence in the effectiveness of it i wonder yeah. if exploring the angle of cost could be helpful though too like are there some situations where you actually want to compromise the long-term studies because the the cost of the alternative outweighs it? Like, is this one of those rare right. situations where the, the virus is so deadly, we might actually want to take the risk of this vaccine, considering all that we know about mRNA vaccines in the first place? Right. If we were talking about, let's say, Ebola, would we really still be having this conversation about long-term side effects of the vaccine? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, we can't have yeah, long-term effects if we're all dead. Right. I mean, yeah. I also wonder she, if, her, if her next door neighbor got COVID and passed away, if she'd more, more likely to let that influence her and get the vaccine because it hits so close to home. Yeah, somebody in the chat, Anna, uh, suggested potentially lab-grown meat as a uh, mm. and something you can make turn into an analogy. How so? Um, uh, yeah, my guess, meat. yeah, my guess is like we have we've eaten meat before, and so we have some understanding of the long term effects. Even though there is this new way oh, that I meat see. is being processed, right, right. it's not that really the time isn't isn't there in some respect. It's that um, specifically lab grown meat hasn't been tested, even though we've been testing. We understand the effects of meat mm -hmm. to a certain degree. So an example like that, but one that's because lab grown meat is like right on the, the beginnings of getting, you know, getting traction, right? Like, what is it? $30,000 for a meatball or something. Speaking of meatballs. Hey, meatballs. Sorry, I'm late, but no, I, this is such an important topic. I had to, I had to hop on. Yay. I, uh, I haven't heard this yet. So, um, and I'm okay. We're However, through the first I, video. No, okay, no. good. Uh, Mark, I just want to let you know I finally hit all sixty of your podcast episodes, so <laughs> yeah, I'm done now officially you with one your entire piece. anthology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just send me one in the mail. Well, that was right. her, that was heroic. Gosh, thank you. <laughs> good, good. All right, I'll try to shut up and and let you guys keep going, and I'll catch up. I was listening on the way here. All right, we'll finish up a few last few seconds here.
we can go on to the next one. It's not, in, not putting something into my teenage son. So, you know, I have a, I have to be protective as a, as a parent here too. So. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think we're into a, a little bit of a struggle. I don't think it'll ever be a hundred percent. Right. I think some of the people you see here today in a year or two years, they yeah. might be willing to get the vaccine. Right. You got to give them some time and give them no space. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate that conversation. So thank you for being so honest and open. And I just really appreciate that. That's very nice. It was a great talk. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping people can do. They see way too much of the evil and the hate and the name calling. Yeah. It's not. I agree with you. I this think is not from what we're doing now, like the power of conversation, just yeah. people talking, yeah. I think we can maybe get somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Go yeah. Go. Thanks. That's what we want. Yeah, I really like it like that. Ended nice. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. This one, this statement um, makes me reminded of something from How to Have Impossible Conversations. There's this section about using vaccines as an example where there's something even deeper about this claim where it's not so much about the vaccine or the mandate. It's about being a good parent, being a good mother. Um, this is the potentially a core psychological motivation you know that's yeah. interesting. That make, that reminds me of the talk with the guy, the, the married to the youngest creationist, and they homeschool their kids for protection, right? They they want she wanted to teach them her kids that. I wonder who is the major decision maker in a typical American household? Is it the female? Is it the male? Does do they do they butt heads? Does, is the male a little bit more ambivalent about it and just sort of follows what what the woman just decides to do? That would be an interesting angle. To explore, I wonder. I wonder if there's any anything to that. Yeah, is it possible to be a good mother and really like want your son to get vaccinated? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine she would say, "Well, that's that's look like you got a neighbor and she feels the opposite and she got her son vaccinated the very same day they came out and they were available. Right. I wonder what she would think about. Do you think that she's not pr just equally as concerned about protecting her son as you are? Right. Cause I know, I know families who uh, actually lied about their kid's age so they could get their kids vac yeah. vaccinated. Huh. Yeah. Was there ever a time in your past where you're, where forcing your son to do something was like in the best interest of your son and that made you a good mother for doing that forcing your kid to do something yeah i like eat vegetables or yeah that's the first know. one that comes to mind <laughs> or go to bed yeah, yeah. Hmm. stop yeah. playing games stop playing video games yeah usually it's usually with parents it's like stop doing that <laughs> yeah yeah well, interesting. I mean, it's it's this is about fundamentally, I think, playing sports like football. And I think, you know, suffering a concussion on the football that field is, is much higher risk, I would imagine, you know, maybe than suffering a severe effect of a vac vaccine. That might get that might get too personal, but that is very interesting. Yeah, I think that would be hmm. interesting to see how uh, that would be taken. I'll use a helmet, a helmet analogy to the vaccine, perhaps yeah. like making them wear a helmet. Had there been any long-term studies that helmets actually reduce concussions or not? Oh, yeah, wow. Done, actually. <laughs> yeah. But I really like yeah. what she said at the end there about how, like, it was nice to be able to talk about this 
and you don't really know what's true. And we have to start talking with each other about these things. Like yeah, that yeah. sentiment that we just saw from somebody that we potentially disagree with vehemently about this particular issue, but we agree on that. Yeah. That, that's really cool to see that, that, uh, that that's yeah, she a special starting point for us to have these talks with people. I really, you know, gosh, you know, and then sometimes when, you know, like, you know, I would go to this protest and it's very easy to see people as caricatures of themselves, right? As kind of, they're yep. all meeting a stereotype and they're all going to think the same way. And, and, but it wasn't like that. And uh, it was all across the board, actually. And uh, I think the next video will that yeah now did this next guy approach you mark or did you approach him i'm curious how um, these conversations are starting because they're not right so some some it's this is really interesting because you know everyone here practices se and sometimes the hardest part is to get just to have someone sit down and talk with you and here it was not <laughs> a problem one of the advantages anyone of going to a protest to would be more than happy to talk with me i don't know if it was a self-selection bias or if it's you know, everyone's comfortable because they're, everyone's thinking the same way and they just feel comfortable, you know, speaking their mind. I'm not really sure. And towards the end of the protest, I, people were standing in line to talk to me. Like when one left, the next person walked right up. And, and I always made the tell them, like, you know, I'm not the media. I just want to let you know. I mean, I'm not ABC <laughs> or anything like that. Just yeah. have a podcast. But they talk to anybody who, you know. You, make, you do make media, though. <laughs> I do make media, right. Maybe you're not the media. I'm not the, the media. media. Are you sure George Soros isn't paying you anything? I think maybe. Street right. ontology. Are we media? Maybe. No. <laughs> I don't know. Right. All right. So this one's interesting. Five minutes long. Vaccine is, is a poison. The vaccine's at, a poison. Vaccine's a poison. Look at how many it's already done killed so far. And it's not including the ones that's on their way to death. Okay, so you're not liking the vaccine because it kills people, right? Right, and, and it doesn't stop the virus. And it doesn't stop the virus. Like, let's say on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that this belief is true? A nine. Pretty confident? So what's the primary reason why you believe that the COVID vaccine will kill you? Because look how many hits damage. Look how many people have problems from it. Look how many people are totally vaccinated and still gets the virus. It's not a vaccine. I don't know what kind of poison they're putting in people, but it's not stopping the virus. And once you do the research on it, 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 it hurts your immune system where you'll catch other viruses. So are you saying the main reason why you believe the belief is that you've done some research on it? Totally research on it. Okay. Is there any research that you could learn that makes you, would make you even more confident about the belief? I know you're at a 10 out of 7. Is there anything that would make you even more confident that, that this COVID vaccine will kill you? Well, when you start... I thought that was stop, a safe way to go looking, here. The government, yeah, yeah. <laughs> government is rewarding people to get vaccinated. Why are you going to reward somebody that's going to better you? Can we pause that's it? That's a big no-no red flag start with. Can we pause it? Um, he didn't answer the question. He gave another reason why to not take it, right? Yeah. He didn't give a reason that would move him up further in his certainty that it's harmful. Yeah. 
this person may not be um, talking very fast, though my uh, impression is that they're thinking very fast. And one clue to, to note that they're thinking really fast is if you lay out a scale, and we're not really strict on what scale we really want. I mean, maybe, Mark, you, you stick to one to seven uh, most of the time, though. If we give a scale and somebody just completely breaks the scale by giving a number that's outside of it, it makes me wonder if they really even heard it or if they just uh, heard the range. The so like reaction. they're not, and that to me isn't so much a clue that they are super confident. It's more like it's a clue that they're, that they're trying to think ahead of you in the conversation and they're not they're and they're thinking really fast. So I might try to find ways to slow it down somehow. I'm still working on ways to slow down our thinking and yeah. talks like this. Because well, you can, you can slow you can hard. slow down the thinking about the the scale is to calibrate it. So like after he says nine, you can say so. Right. When I when I mentioned the scale out of right, seven, when I, like yeah, when I mentioned the scale, yeah. this is what I mean. Like a seven would be your certainty that that we're having this conversation right now, and then a one would be you're not certain at all that that's what's what's happening. And then I wonder if he would still give a nine. He he might. Yeah. It's a great way to say, and I I try to do this. I'm trying to do this more often. After you get a number, you can say, and how confident are you that I'm sitting right in front of you right now? Now you've got a number for something that's like ultra, ultra confident. And then you can compare which one, which is more confident. Are you more confident than I'm sitting right in front of you? <laughs> right. And if you gave that's me a great. lower number, yeah. how does that work? That's good. And right. then that might so, slow us down and help us think about where we really are at with our confidence. That'd be interesting if you're more confident that the vaccine would kill you than I'm standing in front of you. It was right. almost said like a badge of honor, like I'm yeah. part of this tribe right. and I'm I'm not only a part of it, I'm really a part of it. And I'm I'm a nine on this thing. I'm not even a seven. That's how dedicated I am to th this being harmful or something. Right. All right. Yeah. One obvious, you know, clue that's also part of this potentially right. is the, the flag right there. I'm a, I'm a sucker for this one. I know I've got a personal bias on this one myself. I, I know. America! <laughs> <laughs> and yet that doesn't come up, I don't think. I don't think he mentions liberty or freedom or independence, does he? I don't think so. I don't think so. And how is he, he holding that? Is he deliberately holding that in front of the camera? Deliberately, yes. Mm -hmm. I think he just mentioned something just a second ago. Hang on. Oh, when you start stop and start looking, the government is rewarding people to get vaccinated. The government is rewarding people to get vaccinated. The wow, government the government that's represented by the flag you're holding. Mm -hmm. well, that's which that's I, a that's a tough one. <laughs> which I assume right. is, is you're holding a flag here. That's a good point. That would actually probably uh, be really effective to bring that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You think so? I wonder if you would then go into so. but there's yeah, the yeah. there's these divisions and the deep state and all this other Yeah, yeah. right. right. The but it would, it, it would drive you deeper to the foundation, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. I think some of them could be seen as gotcha questions. So that's what I'm always scared of. Right. They're good questions, but I, I know. know the person is going to see them as a gotcha. I know. Yeah. Government is rewarding people to get vaccinated. Why are you going to reward somebody that's going to better you? That's a big no-no. What are you saying? Reward somebody that's going to better you. That's a big no-no. Mark, you're the local, so... What are you saying? <laughs> I'm not sure. 
reward somebody that's going to reward somebody that's going to abandon you? Abandon? Yeah, maybe. A, maybe. A better? Reporting people to get vaccinated. Why are you going to reward somebody that's going to better you? That's a big maybe no abandon. no red flag. I think it's abandoned. I don't think it's abandoned. abandoned. I don't uh, think it's abandoned either. I think it is abandoned. Is it abandoned? No. I, that doesn't it make sense to me, but it may be unintelligible. Maybe we'll get more clues here in a second. When you yeah. have to give me incentive to take something for your benefit. Okay. So are you telling me oh. the rain, main benefit? Go back. Benefit. Maybe said benefit. We're creating an incentive for me for him to do something. It's for the government's benefit. So he's he's skeptical of the motives of the government of this policy I th- mandates. I think to be charitable, we can maybe even just infer that he means generally people. Why would you have to incentivize somebody to take something that's going to benefit them mm-hmm. or anything? If it's a benefit, yeah. then why do you have to incentivize yeah. it? Wait, wait. I'm what's curious the, to know what's what's the incentive? How, how are we? Yeah, that's what I want because it, because it's free. Is that well, no, in Ohio, no, Ohio they're giving out lottery here. tickets. Yeah, we pay people here to take. Oh, them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds like those seem like acts, acts of desperation, and as, as I'm as I'm seeing it, like what else do we do to help people realize that this is safe and take this stuff? For your benefit. Okay. So, are you telling me the rain, main reason why you have the belief is because? The government is offering people an incentive to. It's take a fancy vaccine. microphone. Is that why you have it? Get a stick. <laughs> <laughs> you need a Price is Right microphone for this interview. Yeah, yeah. A foot, a foot long boom mic. <laughs> As a spare no expense. <laughs> people an incentive to take the vaccine. Is that why you have the belief? That's not the main the main belief. The main belief is I have seen what it does to people. It kills people. I see. The main people. It interferes with their immune system. I see. I would ask for the best example, exploring the unread library. Particularly, man, that's just—it shatters my brain. It's I like know. I don't know. I would—I would have problem being like keeping my cool right now because I'm like, what, what, what news were you watching the last 2020? <laughs> like, how many people need to be? How many hospitals need to be completely at capacity? But that's like, a great question. I mean, where I really want to know, like, where is this information? I, I, yeah, I don't know. People are getting sick from it. the vaccine compared to what? Like, mm-hmm. there's this other threat out there, and it's almost like it's not even being thought of in this moment. The 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 all the thought is on the danger, the hypothetical danger of a vaccine. We haven't even gotten to evidence yet. Meanwhile, there's a pandemic everywhere. Like compared to what? <laughs> like, what is your other option? You do you want to just ignore the problem and wish it away, or is there not a problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, may, maybe I, like uh, I want to start a vaccine talk with like, is there really a pandemic? Like, do you think that there's really a virus? Like, you may not have gotten sick, but do you know somebody who has been sick? Like, why are we even doing this in the first place? Yeah, and it's really weird because I've talked to people about it and always immediately goes to like, um, and this has actually been in some of the conversations that we've had with people where we at, I've asked before, like, how bad would it have to be before you would think it, the government uh, was correct in calling it a pandemic? And it always goes to like 10-year-olds would have to die. 
it's like 10 year olds like so not 20 year olds or 30 year olds like we always got to go like it's only a bad thing when the 10 year olds are dying is really strange to me but i would assess this guy as somebody that you have to be very careful about what you're saying and how you're asking questions because right. i will judge him as emotionally volatile in some respects or i'm getting fired up right now because i'm not doing the interview but if i was doing the interview i'd be like I'm trying to be as calm as possible. <laughs> yeah. Did this interview happen after your talk with Mary? Because I think it would be interesting to say, you know, I was just talking to Mary who says none of her neighbors have experienced any ill effects from taking the vaccine. What do you think? Do you think she's lying? Yeah, this was late in the day. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I see. The main people. It interferes with their immune system. I see. If you were to come across some new information, new because it seems like you're reading the science on it, seems like. And if you came across more information from those same places, maybe same websites that, that all of a sudden said, I don't know, that the vaccine doesn't seem to kill you like we thought it does, would you reduce your confidence level in the belief at that point? They would have showed me a whole lot of proof. They showed me a whole lot of proof what it will do. They ain't showed me no proof, nothing that it so does. What would, what would you need to see, though? So you'd... you'd you feel more comfortable in your mind. Mm. Quit mandating. Should be volunteer for everybody. Mandate <laughs> and give me incentive to take it. The biggest red flag it goes to say something's wrong. So, so I, I hear There's two reasons reason. why you think the vaccines, uh, why you don't like the vaccine. One is that it'll hurt you, and the other is because the government is mandating it. And, and they're trying to uh, give incentives of people to take it. Right. Okay. Let me tell you something. You go search your research. Big Pharma is trying to get away from medicine. Go to vaccines because they make so much more money on vaccine than they do a $5 pill. They can get $1,000 for a vaccine. They get $5 for a pill. Why are they doing this? They're trying to get away from where they're at, and they're trying to move over to vaccines, do the research, and see what big pharma is doing. So let me ask you a question about that, and those are some great points you brought up. If, and I'm not saying this is the case, if vaccine... Would this apply? He's, he's, a, he's accusing the pharmaceutical companies of a profit motive, therefore a type of corruption. Is Doing lots of things. Yeah. How much of a profit motive is it to kill your customers? Why would mm -hmm. you want to do that? Wouldn't it be in your best interest to to uh, extend their longevity and their health for maximum profit? <laughs> I think that could actually be like I think there's a way to put that to w in which it might make him think. I definitely do. Yeah, I, I'm saying it very bluntly. Don't don't ask that question. Right. That would be a don't the the form of that is not good, but the the sentiment could be packaged better i think yeah mm -hmm. wouldn't more people yeah right yeah yeah i mean i would want to know what's the opposite of what he's saying right now the opposite yeah like he's he's saying like these companies that they're, they're turning a profit off of um a, a cure or or an a remedy so like what's the alternative that's what i want to know it what would he prefer the world be 
would he prefer that companies that make remedies and medicines don't get a profit? That might be an interesting line of argument if he happens to be a registered Republican. I'm not sure if he does or not, though you could use like a, a like a free market kind of like line of questioning on that. Like, should they not be making any money? Um, should, uh, you know, companies not be compensated for the value they create in society? Capitalism. Right. You could appeal to the capitalistic mindset. Maybe you, that could, you could. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could. Is it, a good business, is it a good business move to offer medicine that actually harms your customers? Is that what you, is that? That's just what I think I hear you saying. There's an interesting comment in the, in the comment section, Hillbilly. That's, you know, that's actually. Can you read comment. it? For uh, so, that yeah, it's, uh, Hillbilly says Oxycontin was mark- marketed as non-addictive. How many died? And the same thing with cigarettes too. So that might be a place they end up going. I still think it's a good question. I think that the idea is that like you have to have a certain amount of consumers, obviously, otherwise you know that you're going to go out of business. So the question is how much harm does he feel a good, a good question? Maybe how much harm does he feel like the vaccine is doing compared to say other medical things? Like what are, yeah. what are the numbers there? Um, how harmful are they compared to smoking cigarettes or to Oxycontin that he knows of? Can he give us any exact figures on any of that? Yeah. Both Oxycontin and vaccine, both are drugs that were designed to help you with something. And with Oxycontin, there was a possibly a bigger risk than benefit that wasn't initially discussed. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Two more. If, and I'm not saying this is the case, if vaccines happen to be, in this case, helpful, and back, and maybe there were even less side effects than you thought how would you learn that how would you know that how would you how could you find that out research research okay research. not listen to politics politics tell you anything anything comes out of politics now you better go back and research it four or five times because 99.9% of stuff they say is untruthful and what research would you be looking for if if you were to change your thoughts on it, what research? You can go to Google. You can go to YouTube. You can go to other places. So if you went to Google and, and you YouTube, can go look at scientists' yeah. uh, sites and stuff, and look for this stuff. If Johnny's standing next to you and Johnny Google stuff, and he and he <laughs> looks Johnny. on YouTube and he comes to the a different conclusion than you do, how me as a third person, how could I find out who's correct, you or Johnny? Research. Yeah, yeah, research. Johnny gonna come to them conclusion me. You gonna come to them conclusion me, and everyone else here. Look, humans are nothing but a computer walking around on two legs. I'm sorry, what was that? Humans are nothing but a computer oh, walking around on two legs. Gotcha. Everyone has only got what they had put into it. Just like sequitur. Everyone's gonna have a different story to tell. Well, I really appreciate you talking to me. I really see much better where you're coming from. And uh, hopefully you feel heard by me when I'm asking you the questions. And I really appreciate it. You're welcome. But, yeah, try to spread the word. They're dangerous. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Wow. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go, speaking of danger, 
how how dangerous is this virus? Is it real? Does it exist? If you catch yeah. it, what's going to happen to you? How sick will you get? Do you think if you caught the Delta variant? By the way, yeah. Um, ask yeah. him how dangerous fried foods are. Ask him how dangerous fried foods are in comparison to. Well, that would definitely that would definitely cause defensiveness. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> but I mean that's like in terms of fried foods or pork or well, lots so of things that we could we rank a couple of risks that we that we encounter in our lives, like uh, the types of foods we eat or uh, the, the 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 virus itself, and then let's put the vaccine on that. If we could rank them in order in terms of risk, where would you put these? Maybe it would be a good way to go. Yeah, like the rank order. Yeah. Then you can encourage him to come up with with other ones too, yeah. not just like what kind of fat, uh, greasy foods or something. Yeah. <laughs> Say you go to the nearest pound and you discover a dog has rabies. Is putting your hand in that cage where would that be on a scale from zero to ten in, a, in terms of risk? And where is this getting this vaccine or getting this um, virus? Yeah, hmm. I think you would say the vaccine's I'm, fairly up there. Hmm. I might ask in these kinds of talks, the people on the other side who don't believe what you believe and they think the vaccine's really important, do you think that their beliefs are founded in evidence? I want to know how they're thinking about the other side and if they think the other side believes what they believe for evidence, uh, based on evidence or not. And if they say not, ask if uh, their side is based on evidence. And what that evidence is. Is yeah. there evidence that the vaccine is harmful? What is that evidence? Can we like that. can we dig into that? And if there's billions of dollars being poured into the CDC, is that good research for me to look into? Bit like hundreds and thousands of doctors that are that are uh, looking into this stuff and suge suggesting that the public take the vaccine. Is that is that advice from experts? Like, do, do we not listen to them because they work or give advice to the government? Is anyone who gives advice to the government by de facto people we shouldn't be listening to? Like, what what makes me not want to listen to a doctor? And what is the consensus of the doctors? Do the doctors want us to take the vaccine? Yeah. And um, also, I just want to say, uh, Mark, I think one of the things that I like that you were doing that I would have liked to also hear asked of the other person because they did uh, indicate being a little open to data was like where he, he he answered it to some degree where are you getting your data or where do you get your information but even more specifically okay so google so like where like what are the websites do you have any by name yeah. um things like that yeah let's let's pretend one of your neighbors went to those same sites those same resources that you've been going to and they didn't find it compelling what were they missing what do you think they would need to see from that that would get them to where you're at? Or the information on those websites changed overnight. Yeah. Yeah, what did he say? He said Google, YouTube, and... Oh, he said scientists. Yeah, he, he had mentioned scientists. Yeah, he scientists. Just like, okay, so what am I to... So you say to listen to scientists, what am I to do... Of, what am I to make of all the scientists saying that it is effective and this and that? What about your scientists are makes your scientists reliable and the other ones unreliable? Um, maybe something like that. I would have to think this very discussion could be useful for people who are scientists, who are into public health, that 
maybe they will take a, a, a minute or two, like a long time, hopefully, not that long, to, to consider the approach that they're using currently and factor in the conversations that Marcus had and this very discussion of like maybe looking at it in a different way. Maybe the way that you're trying to present the information isn't as, is it's not landing. It's not having the impact that you're having because you're missing something. So for example, with Mary, maybe a study that was just within her town locally, the 3000 people, here's the data. 1500 are vaccinated. We've had one illness. Like, but if you broaden it out to the state, then it loses the meaning for some people. It needs to I, be yeah, more I think personal. On something. I've specifically heard, I specifically heard people say that, like, what studies? I haven't been in a study. And so I think you're on to something, Anthony, with that. The idea that, like, people tend to grasp or, or grab onto things they're familiar with. So if they knew make, people make, that make were it more study, Make it more granular. Show a map of their town. Now, that might freak some people out. Oh, my gosh. They have that much detail. <laughs> but I would imagine that you could, you know find that right balance of like it's close and intimate but it's not s that scary <laughs> like yeah. oh my gosh they they know everything about what's going on here or something but also would the cost of that be too or something else to think about it shouldn't be that hard you just narrow down the data set right you've got the collection of data you just and send it off to the newspaper and you hope that they publish it and maybe they write a, th a piece about it and then mary reads it and says oh wow these are my neighbors this is what's happening to them or not and then she can make her decision yeah, it's interesting. And then, you know, when you're talking about experts, um, that seems to be a have been a big shift where what's many people might consider an expert. Sometimes you have to explore that because um, mm. what I might consider yeah. an expert. <laughs> um, oh, I think you're on mute. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> what are the qualities that you look for in a person to deem them an expert? Is it the number of followers they have? Is it the manner that they speak? Is it the degrees that they have? Is it the amount of uh, years in that field of study? What's important to you? What What is an expert to you if you're relying on experts? What are the attributes of an expert in your view? And then you can dig deeper. Okay, now let's look at who you are deeming experts and let's compare them and see if they live up to your standard. All good stuff. When You're people say I need to wait, because that's like a really common thing. I need I need to wait long enough to see yeah. other people not get sick before I take this on. That to me is like their reason is predicated on the uncertainty of the risk that they're taking in, in getting it. And so that uncertainty is so uncomfortable to them that they would rather take on the known risk of this virus than the unknown risk of some other thing down the road which is weird because we have tons of examples of other vaccines that they, that these people we're talking to probably already have taken years and years ago, their tetanus shot, their hepatitis B, all that stuff. Like I'm wanting to know how, do, have they taken vaccines before? And, and if they personally have, did they get, did they, do they regret having taken those? And if everyone is petrified by the uncertainty of risk. Um, if if we all do what this person is doing by not taking it, will we ever find out if there's any long-term side effects? I don't know. It's it's a that's interesting. I mean, and to put it even more black and white, like one is an act of omission and another is an act of commission. One, it's 
easier to do an act of omission because you're just not doing anything. You're just sitting there as opposed to act of commission. Like you're, you're making a conscious choice. And maybe if you've made a choice and something bad happens, that's on you more. There's more of repercussions in a sense. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Is that a kind of status quo bias potentially? Yeah. Yeah. There is, I think there is a video that talks about something along the lines of like people are more likely to um, basically, they're basically more, more likely to favor action than an action. I can't remember exactly. So I'm not, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I'll just stop there. Well, this has been great guys. So do, do you want to uh, talk about what's coming up next with uh, Anthony with? Uh, yes. Yeah, let me talk a little bit about it. You can you just keep, you don't have to go to like just me on the screen, by the way. Oh, you did it. Okay. I don't I don't like being on the main screen. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I just feel awkward. Um, so so what I did is I took one I mentioned this at the start of this video, but I took one claim that people make. It hasn't been tested long enough. And then I put a, a, a spreadsheet together of like the typical response that we might give, like just take already, it's not that big of a deal to a more of an SE type of question. And then uh, I asked on Twitter, what are the typical kind of claims and responses that you're seeing? And I got deluged with a whole bunch of them. I put them into a sheet. So I've collected them, I've collated them. And what I wanna do is discuss it, get six or seven of us in here to go through one by one, the typical kind of claims that we're hearing from people who are against the medicine. And I'd also like to do a session where we look at the claims of people who are pro-medicine, because this is a tool that can be used regardless of where you're at on this thing. But initially, I want to go through, build out that spreadsheet, hand it off to a graphic designer, and then release it as a tip sheet to give people guidance on how to have these talks. And that's what I want to do. Maybe on Friday, maybe we'll have, we'll have to look at our calendars and see when we're mostly available here. Yeah, look at the number of, this was just one claim. The medicine was created too fast, and then look at the look at the reach of this thing. Um, it got a lot of comments, a lot of shares, and this was Facebook, right? On Twitter, it was insane. Like um, it, it was it was retweeted, you know, fifty times or something like that. So there's a there's a hunger for for guidance on how to have these talks, and I, I imagine a tip sheet could be really useful. So I want to I want to get us back in here so that we can do a working session and talk about what would be a good question uh, for these claims that are coming, that, that people are encountering. So watch for that video. We'll probably stream that to the Street Epistemology YouTube channel in a couple of days. And I'd like to have you guys participate in that too, if you're available. Sure thing. I would like to, I would like to be on there because this is probably, I mean, this is definitely the most important issue, I think, uh, of this entire year, probably. We're going to be dealing with this all the way to New Year's. And it'll probably go even longer because there's booster shots now that they're working right. on that are going to be approved for September. <laughs> so this is going to be something that we're, we're going to be talking about for a long time. And like you said, we should be talking to the people who are for it also. There's benefit to be gained yeah. there because right. the people that are, that are for it... Um, we want to help exercise our good reasoning for saying or thinking what we're, we are thinking. And it only helps us to critically evaluate our views. Um, you think and, before the uh, vaccine, but for some poor epistemic reasons. Yeah. 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 And yeah, in, my, in, my, in my tweet, I asked you a bad act activist for other people. 
right? I asked for, I asked for claims from both sides, but I I got ninety five percent of uh, of claims that people make who are against the the medicine. So I have a skewed sample size, but let's go ahead and build out the tip sheet for that, and then maybe we can put out like a formal call for examples from people who are pro the vaccine and what kind of questions we should be asking those those people. So we'll probably end up generating two tip sheets, but I think it could get a lot of reach. You know, it could be good for 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 the health of people, and maybe alleviate alleviate a lot of frustration on this topic, and you know maybe. Of course, introduce people to this 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 technique of questioning because it's it's far superior than yelling at Mary and yelling at I, I forget the guy's name. I'm sorry, Thomas. but these conversations have gone way different than what we saw Mark do, and the way that Mark did it is the way to go. It's clear, it's clear that's the way to go. So we need more examples of that. Thanks, guys. I really this is one of my favorite things I get to do. And I'm really glad to do it with you guys today. So awesome. Okay. Till next time. Great work, Mark. Yeah. Keep it up. Sure thing. Have a good one. Later, guys. Yep. See ya. The Street Epistemology Podcast is a production of Street Epistemology International. You can donate or learn more about this nonprofit organization at streetepistemologyinternational.org. The views, guests, and topics expressed here, or not expressed here, do not necessarily represent those of the organization.